Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the KeyCast. Uh, this episode is called Poop in a Pill. It's about the gut microbiome, and it's actually the second episode that we ever film. Uh, I think, actually, at this time, we were still called the PottyCast. So if you do hear that in the podcast, please disregard that. That was just a placeholder name that we had. Um, to follow us on Instagram, of course, please follow at KeyCastOfficial to come on live with us at the end of the show. And with that out of the way, I do hope you enjoyed this episode again. Thank you so much for listening. I think we might have nailed that. I think that was perfect. <clears throat> All right. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the currently unnamed podcast that we have. Uh, I guess we're taking recommendations for names. We are taking recommendations for names. We were the podcast, and uh, now we might change it. We want to change it. Yeah. We, that was like a placeholder name. Exactly. But follow us on Instagram, at the podcasts. Yep. For Correct. now. <laughs> Um, but I think we should, well, actually welcome today's episode is we're talking about the gut microbiome. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm the only one in saying this, but my Lord, that was a massive topic and there's just so much to talk about. And it's beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's like, it's a lot, you know, it's complicated too. And it's, it's not easy. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I mean, um, before we begin, uh, my name's Yafis. Oh yeah. Wait, why don't you? How about this? Why don't you give yourself, give a little background on yourself? What you're, you know, what do you do? Who are okay. you? Okay, so uh, my name is Yafis. I am a um, engineering consultant and uh, in sales in computational fluid dynamics. I love hearing that. <laughs> I love hearing that too. It's, it's so nice. <laughs> and uh, so I work here in Montreal mm-hmm. and um, working for a firm called Maya Simulation, doing uh, solving the world's problems. Nice. Uh, I'm Evisar. I'm currently doing my PhD in neuroscience at McGill. Uh, I study part of the brain called the cerebellum uh, and aging. And I guess you can continue. Um, and my name is Kashif. I'm hopefully at the end of my PhD. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I study cardiac surgery. Mainly I try to uh, bring hearts back to life. That's, that's what I do. That's beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, so why don't we start with this, maybe the basics? Because maybe not everyone knows what the gut microbiome is. I'm sure mm-hmm. most people have heard of it with, you know, kombucha and probiotics and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I think we should have a little general overview of what it is, Perfect. at least in our research. I feel like you have something to say. Yes. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> yes, I do. Is this gut microbiome? Like, I like the other word for it. Which is? Gut flora. Nice. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, it sounds like a flower. Yeah, that's that's exactly, it. exactly what it is. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, who here in their background has ever worked or studied gut uh, microbiome in the last, let's say, you know, masters or PhD? Studied it. Or, I haven't done it all, but I've read a lot of papers on it. There's, it's a huge topic nowadays. So there's okay. a lot of neuro papers out, a lot of general papers out on it. Mm-hmm. I used to do bacteria stuff like back in the day, but. Uh, not gut microbiome. Yeah, All right. Different. So I guess uh, we can start from right to left, each talking about what their understanding of the gut microbiome, gut microbiome mm-hmm. is. And uh, go ahead. Sure. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start off. So let's. Why don't we start with the definition? You should get people. People know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding of the gut microbiome is that it's all the um, the microorganisms, the bacteria, the fungi, the yeast, the viruses. Um, including their, like, what's inside of them, so mm-hmm. proteins, genes, all that kind of stuff, um, that make up your GI tract. So that's yeah. everything from, I think, uh, your stomach, maybe even the esophagus, I'm, I'm not sure about that, mm-hmm. all the way up to your, your colon. 
Correct. Uh, Actually, down to your rectum. Mm. So it's every, yeah, it's everything. everything. Yeah, it's literally everything. Yeah. And I think the craziest thing about it is that there's a hundred. Tr- they estimate a hundred trillion organisms. They outnumber our own cells ten to one, which means oh, yeah. we're ten percent human and ninety percent microbiome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In terms of cellular count, <laughs> that's, that's great, phenomenal, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, what is, is what is reality? Yeah, you so it's essential. <laughs> are we just bacteria now? Is that it? I guess. Oh my god! So basically, there are hundred trillion microbiomes in our body, and that's basically ninety percent of the number of cells. Yeah, that Crazy. is phenomenal. This and in, in terms of gene, because I mean, the microbiome is, I guess, encompasses all the genes. Correct. They, they yeah. say that it's over eight million, which is. You know, we have about, they estimate 22,000 or so genes in our mm-hmm. genome. Yeah. 26,000. I guess, yeah. yeah but regardless, it. it's phenomenally larger. Okay, just just a fun fact. Rice plants, they have 46,000 genes. Really? Humans are 26,000 genes. That's pretty cool. What? But it's because of the bacteria and the microbiome yeah. that our gene pool is more than 136,000, genes. No, our own gene is only 22, 26. Yeah, but together with the bacteri- bacterial genes, there oh, are 100,000. No, I read over 8 million. Oh, wow, okay. We'll, we'll verify our... We can verify our... We can verify our... All right. All right. <laughs> but um, one of the important things uh, to note, at least, at least the dogma is that the womb is sterile, I believe, and so the gut microbiome is not actually um, influencing any in utero. Thing at least the 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 uh, oh are we talking individuals about, are we talking about the gut microbiome origin stories now? Oh uh, yeah, I guess so. Okay, start like with the origin stories. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. no, well, I guess where it comes from, right? So yeah. I guess they say that if if it it we'll get into this later, but a fetus definitely is influenced by the mother's uh, microbiome, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily have one of its own, and that Correct. comes through birth. Uh, the moment it opens through, um, well, it comes into the world. You know, it's covered in all sorts of fluid, you know, vaginal, fecal fluids, and then the, the world around it itself, it's not a sterile environment at all, and this is extremely important for the microbiome, but that's one of the reasons they say that um, people who are born via C-section rather than natural birth have much higher rates of asthma, um, different types of yeah, cancers, yeah. for example, leukemia, and just, leukemia yeah, yeah uh, just generally um, more prone to sickness, and that's because of uh, the the immune, uh, immunoprotectiveness of a natural birth in terms of the microbiome anyways in fact I think the studies become so mm-hmm. strong that because it's generally for babies that are born through c-section that yeah. don't have the gut, gut microbiome development is because when the baby pops out the vagina the vag- vaginal fluid has the gut microbiome so yep. babies now born with c-section ha- they take the vaginal fluid and they've they cover it, covered yeah. Yeah. the baby <laughs> it's crazy well. breast milk as well is yes, that's true. That. Yeah. So th- those are two things. So it takes two years for the gut microbiome yeah. to develop, mm-hmm. and so essentially, it's either you know you get your bu- uh, gut microbiome initially through the vaginal fluid, and then secondary is breastfed. Now, mm-hmm. talking about a backstory, I have an ulcerative colitis. I have an autoimmune disorder called ulcerative colitis. Funny thing, I was C-section and never breastfed. Uh, breastfed. Okay, well, oh, man, blame your mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a doctor, so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The doctor for not spreading. I, uh, I, I basically drank uh, formula, the milk, yeah, formula. Yeah, milk. yeah, 
Yeah, Cash, you're trying to say something. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. I was going to jump in and say, like, I think it's important to recognize that a lot of the studies that were done these things, there a lot of it was association. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And it's hard to find some form of causative effect with microbiome. Even though there's, even though everything is like points to like, yes, like this disease has an altered microbiome, this disease is this, this disease is that. But to find like, okay, you know, like this is, there's one bacteria involved in this kind of infection or disease, and this is the problem. We have to target it to yeah. solve the problem. That doesn't really exist right now. So I think that's important to know or to real to recognize going forward. And I think that would be important, I think, for the rest of this podcast, because I know I've read a lot of, you know, uh, primary research articles. And yeah. that is at least for a lot of um, a lot of the articles that is one big issue mm-hmm. another issue is the fact that most of our samples of the gut microbiome come from feces right yeah, correct yeah. which as accurate as it is it's not perfect because not everything comes out in the feces yeah um, and so there's they've only discovered something like less than 1500 diverse species uh, different species of bacteria in the gut yeah considering the fact there's over 100 trillion organisms yeah or individual I mean, organisms. Yeah. I'm sure that there's more than that. Mm-hmm. Not right. to mention the, you know, all the viruses, the bacteriophages, the protozoans, yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Well, let's think, like, how do you know which of those are rather. good and which are which are bad? Yeah, we don't. Right? Like, I mean, we do know for some. We know, right? like, you know, some of them. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, with fifteen thousand, uh, you said fifteen. How many different? Fifteen hundred. No, it's fifteen hundred different species, species of bacteria. Oh yeah. So even, yeah, just the bacteria mm-hmm. doesn't even include like the fungus yeah. and. And the viruses and all that stuff. No. I think a lot of the studies are done in bacteria. And you human. know, I, I definitely want to read this out here. Do you have another interesting title for us, Yafis, like last week? I, yeah. thought, I thought we were partying a pill. <laughs> no, that's a paper. Oh, oh, yeah. interesting. Uh, yes, I do not have an interesting uh, title. Oh, I do. Actually, I apologize. The human microbiome, the ghost in the machine. Ooh. The ghost in the machine. I like that. Yeah. That's deep. Okay, so between 2013 and 2017, the number of publications about gut microbiome uh, has been 12,900, which is four-fifth of total number of publications ever. Wait, 12,900? Gu- that doesn't make sense. 12,900 publications between... Oh, I've got microbiome in total. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. ever. Okay. No, 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 <laughs> no. Just like in the last... Uh, okay. Compared to the last 40 years... We've in the just in between the last four years, we've done more than eighty yeah. percent of the yeah. publications related to microbiome. That's wild. And, that wild. And hence, you know, it shows to suggest that there is something there. But why do you think that is? Why do you think that it's only been in the past decade? That's because of the genome uh, breakdown of the bacteria within the gut microbiome. Because a lot of the gut microbiomes that are studied, that we study, they they cannot be. Um, what, what do you say when you grow something in a test tube? Cultured. They cannot be cultured. Exactly. They can be cultured. And hence, what they do now is they do the genomic studies of these gut microbiomes, which has been recent in the last 10 years. I mean, when, when was the human genome uh, broken down? Was it 95 or? Uh, the first time? Oh, yeah. Sure. I think it was recent. Yeah, it was, like, it was a long time ago. Though. Yeah, but essentially it was recent. And so now they've come to realize uh, that doing the genomic studies of these bacteria, they're trying to understand their usage and what they do. Yeah. And I, I guess we can come down to understanding why gut microbiome is important. And honestly, this might sound like an overstatement, but I feel like it could be our soul. 
Oh, wow. wow. Okay, that just wow. went deep. Yeah, I mean, if you think <laughs> about it, there, <laughs> I mean, we'll get into this later, but the, the, the microbiome is implicated in so many diseases, both you know, neurodevelopmental diseases <laughs> like autism, um, autism spectrum disorder, uh, autoimmune disorders like ulcerative colitis, multiple sclerosis, um, different cancers, even metabolic diseases like obesity, endocrine diseases like diabetes. Correct. Everything. And if everything's being influenced, I mean, I guess what you could argue what a soul is, but also there's evidence that it regulates what you eat. It regulates your mood. And your decisions. And your dis- to an extent, your decisions. Your st- yeah. yeah. Your social behavior. That's yeah. a huge I saw that. I, I, saw that. That. I have a couple of studies yeah. we could talk about later. But, that's, but that's yeah, so essentially, a lot of our decisions are not made by our mind, but also our gut. Yeah. yeah. Well, your gut is connected is that, to your mind, which we hmm. will definitely get into later. Okay. So, yeah. do we want to talk about the pathways? How far? How far? Okay. Um, we could. I just want to really quickly talk. Mm-hmm. I, I think that we haven't completely covered the gut microbiome. There's one. There's a couple of really important things we should cover. Is firstly the fact you mentioned that the microbiome is stable at by around two years old. Correct. But stable in maybe a sense of the diversity, but it's it's influenced by everything you do in your life. From where you live geographically, you know, mm-hmm. Asia, Europe, North America, to your diet, to your age, your sex, mm-hmm. um, your level of hygiene, the environment you live in, your socioeconomic status, even things like stress is regulated by everything. And it's kind of a vicious circle too, right? Um, also the fact that they're extremely important in digesting uh, our food they're extremely Correct. important in producing vitamins producing uh, chemical important chemicals for our body like neurotransmitters mm-hmm. um, also they help develop our immune system which is crazy to think about correct because uh, from what I understand is majority of uh, let's say microbiomes they do two basic functions one is fermentation Mm-hmm. And the second thing is energy extraction. These are two things, and they sort of affect all these systems that mm-hmm. Avi just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And the first thing in terms of fermentation is bringing up the short chain fatty acids. This is something yeah. that came up quite often, is because yeah. the gut microbiomes are responsible for generating these short chain fatty acids, which is important for immune system. Yeah. I, I saw that it was a lot of it is dependent on the metabolites that they produce. Like yeah. there's we produce hundreds of different metabolites, and each one <laughs> has a different effect on what on whichever system you're talking about. Oh, so yeah. whether it's immune, neuro, cardio, um, and so that's why a lot of therapies are targeting you know, those specific bacteria that produce those metabolites, or just inhibiting those metabolites in, in general. Yeah. Also, the fact that these metabolites will then go down and cause changes in gene expression. Exactly. Which is crazy that they yeah. will cause changes in how we express our genes which will then yeah. you know influence the proteins that we produce and eventually our behavior well then what's more important like do we know, want to know the genomics of the bacteria in our gut or do we want to know the metabolomics oh Ooh, wow but honestly both are, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, both are definitely interdependent at this point and we've come to realize that you know we both need you know the understanding of the genomics and the metabolic nature of uh, our gut mm-hmm. but you know I think I, you mentioned it we all mentioned about studies talking about uh, the effect of gut microbiome 
and mice. Yeah. And I, I definitely want to point out to a few of them because it is beautiful. Any uh, comments? Of some of the studies that I saw. So some of uh, the study that I at least saw was uh, one on the effect of obesity. Yeah, that's a big one. Mm. So there was a thin mouse and they gave it a lot of artificial sweeteners. Became fat and diabetic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then they took the thin mouse and did a fecal transplant Mm. from the fat diabetic mouse into the thin mouse. And that thin mouse became fat and diabetic too. That's crazy. No, no, and this is a true story because uh, with, respect true story? To, with respect to human as well, there was a, yeah, yeah. so basically there's a IB, IBS and diarrhea is uh, now treated with fecal transplant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this lady had it. It's not treated. It's, it's still in trials. Yeah, it's still yeah. in trials. Okay, but yeah, whatever. She, they, they transplanted uh, fecal matter into this lady. It's done via two methodologies, either popping a pill or through enema that's like putting something through your butt and popping it in, or colonoscopy as well. Mm-hmm. And... Ten months later, she became obese, obese because yeah. the the poop that they got from was from an obese person. Yeah, I mean, we but know. it did solve her diarrhea though. <laughs> yeah. If oh. it, it fixed, this is the IBD patient or yeah, an IBD. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think, uh, yeah, like it works. It's at least the studies that I saw it works for IBD, right? Or the trials have been yeah. shown maybe it's starting to work for IBD patients. Also, CDI, um, uh, clustered. Clostridium difficile yeah, uh, infection. Difficile. It's well, a certain type of uh, it's another GI disorder, gastrointestinal disorder, okay. cause severe diarrhea, chronic mm-hmm. diarrhea. Um, actually, we can talk about uh, after this, I guess, the fecal matter transplant, okay. um, because that is one big thing that I think a lot of people yeah, were interested in. Uh, but we're not. I guess we're not completely done with the metabolic disorders yet. So are we sticking to gut and if its effect on our Wait, that makes sense. There's a direct correlation between our gut and our metabolism because mean? that's where it happens. What do, you, what, do you, what do you mean? So I said we were going to go from one system mm-hmm. to another. Then we can talk about gut and the brain, the gut and oh. the other systems. Oh, you can go wherever you want. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I th- that's I the thing, like, at this point, we're talking about the gut and you know obesity. And so we said, I think, I think, no, sorry, just, we should start maybe with gut and the um, GI disorders. That's like, yes. like that's the beginning. Right? Correct. Like, that's what you're talking about? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Okay, so relieving obesity because I have a couple things. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to say it—it's not necessarily just. I mean, the microbiome, the the microbes inside your your gut are also talking, are also talking, are also regulating. You know, the the molecules in there, like vitamins and hormones, but they also, you know, they help with fat storage. They help convert energy into fat, which I found incredible. Um, And they can literally tell the brain that it's hungry. It's funny. Ten to fifteen percent of our total calories are from the gut microbiomes and uh, when we talk about fiber is good for our poop but fiber is also good food for our microbiomes so it's not only fiber yeah that's the moral of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) but again you know the issue coming back to like we were talking about energy extraction from the gut microbiomes you have uh, a compound going back to obesity it's called firmicutis which harvests extra calories and if you have more femurculus in your gut microbiome, you are highly likely to be an obese person. That's interesting. That's yeah, like and so lot. even insulin resistance, so diabetes mm-hmm. is also something 
directly related to your gut microbiome. Yeah, I was looking at that too because um, I think they try those fecal transplant in, di in diabetic patients, type 2 diabetes. Mm -hmm. And I think so far it's not really working. Okay. Um, but I spoke with, um, you can say, a uh, quality expert in the field. His name is uh, Mr. Anshul Sinha. A uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick shout out to Anshul Sinha. He's a, roommate. Uh, my roommate, but also he's doing his PhD in microbiome research. Um, and one main issue I think with, uh, or he was mentioning the issues with fecal transplant is that you don't know what's inside that stuff, right? Like <laughs> there's so many different species, but not even just species, but there's also possibly some like toxic compounds as well. Um, so he's telling me about this company actually, which is called, they're called the uh, new, new biota. Okay. So yes. basically okay. what they do is they freeze dry diff different cultures or different bacteria from your poo. Nice. And you take it as a pill. And that's probably what some of the IVD studies are doing now. And that seems to be more effective and also more controlled. Yeah. Um, but the issue with that, of course, is like, you know, if you're doing one culture and one pill, how many cultures do you need? Yeah. Um, what's the diversity of, in that pill? Mm -hmm. um, well, that's the biggest know. issue, right? Exactly, it's it's yeah. the diversity. Because a lot of these IBD uh, patients or patients with uh, ulcerative colitis, uh, CDI, they, they, they have not only a lack of diversity, uh, mm -hmm. but they just have different diversity, right? So they exactly. have less and different micro, uh, microbes in their gut. Um, and that's one of the big issues. That's why a general fecal transplant has been shown. One of the reasons why a general fecal transplant yeah. has been shown to work. For the record, they don't just take poop, blend it up, and stick it in there. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they dilute it. They make sure yeah. it's extremely important to screen the patients. So actually, fecal matter transplant, you know that it bega began or was initially introduced in the 4th century in China. Wow. A Chinese <laughs> doctor. Yeah. So there was a Chinese doctor about 1,700 years ago. Uh, who orally administered as a treatment for food uh, food poisoning and severe diarrhea. Oh, wow. The nice. issue was, of course, that they orally administered this oh as sort of a slushy of sorts. Nice. Um, and it's extremely risky because it's not sterile. Correct. When you have a fecal matter transplant nowadays, it's extremely sterile. You're not going through your mouth. You're going generally up the other way. Correct. Uh, directly into the colon. Yes. yes. Using an enema or a colonoscopy. Yeah, Exactly. Awesome. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I find that so wild. Like, how is this researcher back in the day? He's like, or they're like, um, you know, let's just feed a bunch of people all this, all this uh, shit and stuff, and something good might come out. Yeah, yeah. right. I mean, we're just not learning about it right now. Well, the Bedouins used to do it as well. Go no, go beyond the fourth century. Hippocrates literally said, "All diseases begin in your gut." Yo. Really? I had no yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Wow. You knew what's up. Yeah. But yeah, the Bedouins used to do it. They prescribed warm camel dung as a treatment for dysentery. And then the Germans in World War I, in World War Two, rather, on the African front, would do this as well, confirming its efficacy. Damn. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, it's it's been around, um, but I guess it also begs the question of how do we know that the gut microbiome is influencing so many of these disorders? And the reason is because most of these disorders have gastrointestinal issues correct not just gi yeah. disorders but things like asd like autism spectrum disorder uh diabetes yeah. obesity uh alzheimer's parkinson's one of the first symptoms to come up are gi disorders correct or I gi think issues something that's interesting though is like uh do the, is the change or do the, are the changes in the gut microbiome causing those disorders or is the disorder causing changes in the gut microbiome <laughs> but regardless <laughs> i think Regardless, like people are still trying to do therapies that 
that targeted microbiome, and that'll yeah. still affect both. Oh, of course. I, I, I think from what I've read, mm -hmm. it's a two-way pathway. It's not a one-way pathway. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's it's not it's like a chicken and egg issue, mm -hmm. where in dysbiosis in the gut microbiome, due to primarily I would say our diet mm -hmm. is causing these issues, because I would. Uh, you know, nowadays you go to a doctor and you say I have IBS. It's like, oh, that's normal. Everyone has it. I mean, considering that seventy-six percent of all the food that we eat has added sugars in it and processed yeah. food. At least in the West, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about American. A lot of like, I'd say, don't quote me on this one, but ninety-nine point nine percent of all statistics are American. <laughs> but yeah, or made right. up on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that. <one. laughs> Literally. But actually, so, you know, we're, we're talking about gastrointestinal disorders right now. Mm -hmm. Yafis, you did just mention that you have ulcerative colitis, and I actually had someone message me on Instagram saying, can you talk about ulcerative colitis? Because uh, that individual also had ulcerative, has ulcerative colitis. So why don't you go ahead a little bit and explain to us about that, and we yeah. can talk about how FMT, or fecal matter transplantation, has been used uh, in clinical studies to treat, and what the efficacy of those treatments are. Okay, cool, okay. So... Ulcerative colitis and I'd say even Crohn's is in the same family of they're known as IBDs. It's uh, irritable bowel disorders. Ir irritable bowel disorders, which is basically an autoimmune disorder. Now, from what my understanding is, and like majority of the people who have told me, it's like if you don't understand how this disease works, we call it an autoimmune disorder. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> yeah. if we don't understand why it works. We yeah. just assume that the immune system is killing itself. That's exactly. your fault, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. No, like, that's uh, that's uh, something that's pretty known. Yeah. But I guess that's a big link. To if if we do, since we do know that the gut microbiome is influencing the immune system, it does make sense to a degree. Correct. Yeah. So these studies yeah. are recently coming in because there is a diff there is a direct correlation between gut microbiome and your immune system, just because. Let's say you have, you know, you have the gut, the lining of the gut has a mucus, mucus layer mm -hmm. and that mucus layer then is connected to a mucus layer of bacteria. So there, if there is an increase in stress, your mucus layer, your gut layer, mm -hmm. it becomes much thinner. And so that bacteria that's exposes to your yeah. tract that can cause issues. And that's exactly what happens in ulcerative colitis yeah. is when that mucus layer is taken off and you have ulcers in your colon which then are susceptible to viruses and other diseases. Mm -hmm. And then it spreads and you're bleeding and it's like a, it's like a disgusting disease to it think about. Lovely. But <laughs> what's yeah. intense, yeah, what's yeah. intense is like, maybe we, we, you know, we're talking about ulcerative colitis. So ulcerative colitis means ulcer only in the colons. But what's in more, what's worse is Crohn's disease is when it affects the yeah. entire GI all the way from the top to bottom, you yeah. can have those same ulcers. So I like every time I think about ulcerative colitis, I was like, oh, Thank God I don't have Crohn's. Oh, yeah. So essentially, now we've come to an understanding that if you have a, you know, a rich biodiversity of your gut, you have less likelihood because you have other diseases that eat up <clears throat> the bacteria that, you know, are causing this sort of uh, degradation of your, uh, of your mu mucosal layer. And hence, we're essentially in a cold war in our tummy. Yeah, it's a it's a constant battle. We're in the tummy. Yeah, it's a constant battle out there. Yeah. So, I guess we get to then, which is why I guess FMT does work to a degree, right? Because Correct. you're you're giving essentially nukes to one side, right? 
That's exactly it. Um, and in the studies that I found about ulcerative colitis, it seems that there's still major diversity in the effects. So mm. even within the studies, it does seem to help with a certain proportion of the symptoms, but it depends on the patient. Okay, so there is so what happens with ulcerative colitis is that you have a lot of diarrhea and you have a lot of uh, PR bleeding, but now so PR bleeding, you you uh, poop blood, okay. Rec rectal yeah, bleeding. Yeah, rectal bleeding, and so essentially what happens is they're saying, what if the gut microbiome is affected by that diarrhea and the PR bleeding, and not necessarily because of well, yeah, it sounds like it's a cycle. Yes, like, exactly. for sure. Like, like most things, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. Like you know, you it's a downhill mm -hmm. slope from there. One, one actually, if we're talking about FMT, one of the things that I found really cool is that it's been actually used uh, in clinical trials for autism spectrum disorder. Yes. Which is pretty cool if you think about it, because most, not most, a a a good proportion of patients with ASD. Yeah. Uh, have GI yeah. disorders as well, you Correct. Know, severe and chronic diarrhea, um, and also I think ulcers as well, but uh, don't quote me on that. Mm -hmm. um, but it seems like it does work. So they, they first, they reduce the, they, they help clear the microbiome by inducing an, using antibiotics, and then they'll repress the stomach acid, they'll do an FMT, and then they'll monitor them for you know three, four weeks. Yeah. Two years later, the severity of the symptoms is still decreased. Yeah. Nice. Not right. gone, yeah. but the, at least the severe symptoms are are decreased, and the mild and moderate symptoms are pretty normalized. Wow. Yeah. This is a this is a trial then, or it was a trial. Yeah, I think it was in like thirty five or forty patients with ASD. Oh, yeah. Um. Again, there are risks. It's up and coming FMT, but there are many risks. There was just a, I think a, a block. Uh, the FDA blocked cl clinical trials with FMT for a while because yeah. two yeah. patients got really sick. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, you don't know exactly what's what's going on. Yeah, it's it's essentially okay. Let's say let's say we're a mega city, mm. right? And we have all these systems working through, and we've just we're starting to explore this mega city, mm. and we don't understand the relationships with how you know one part of the system works with the other, and so we just decide to just dump it with crap, literally. Yeah, and yeah. Something could something could work. Something could not work. But what yeah. works does not work is because you have thousands of variables we're not really sure of. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. Like, how does FDA or any like, government agency, how, does it, how do they approve of that, right? Like, how do you um, control for exactly, like, whose shit you're taking? Whose poo are you taking, first of all? Um, and can you repeat it over and over again? Or are you just getting that same person just eat in a box and then shit so you get a large quantity of that <laughs> and then you deliver that to patients like that's how it would be controlled that's how you manufacture it well you, know, I mean, you can't just take different patients and do the same thing of course the same results but you'd have you'd find donors and you'd have to screen them very well i mean we do blood and stem cell donations yeah. right and those yeah. took a long time i mean there's still regulations on who can give blood yeah i don't want to get into the ethics of that but yeah. there are regulations of that same with stem cells um well, it's, it's just thing. another thing that we need to know how to screen and there's yeah. unfortunately going to be a ton of trial and error until we get there yeah like if every possible disorder um affects the gut microbiome how are we possibly going to get a micro a constant microbiome across populations yeah right like that's do we um, want that, that, that sounds, like, pretty hard. well if we're treating patients like let's say type 2 diabetes patients need a certain type of 
uh, FMT um, in order to be treated properly. We need to find that same patient, or at least a person that is exactly <laughs> like that person, and get fecal matter from, from them consistently over time. Except that every individual does have a distinct microbiome, that's, that's right? Exactly, yeah, that's the point. Right? So, I don't know if we need to have a specific... I guess we... If you can see what the specific species of bacteria in the microbiome that is lacking or is different yeah. or is enhanced that is maybe not causing but definitely influencing mm -hmm. either the disease itself or the symptoms because i mean if you look at a lot of mouse studies so a lot of mouse studies there's different types of mouse studies um done with the microbiome you know there's my studies that use germ-free mice which are yes. mice that are c-section directly from the mother raised in a completely sterile environment they have Little to no microbiome. Yeah, right. Then there's yeah. gnotobiotic mice, which are mice in which same idea, except you colonize them with one, a hundred, but you know exactly which species yeah. are mm -hmm. present in the mouse. And then you also have uh, specific pathogen free mice, which are mice that you specifically eliminate one species. It's the yeah. opposite of gnotobiotic. Yeah. Okay. You know, if you know using these mice, if you then can figure out exactly which species is causing or influencing these diseases, you could probably go back to what that um, company that Ancho was telling you about yeah. where they had these probiotic pills derived from cultures yeah. of bacteria from fecal matter Correct. that you could then give to a patient and see yeah. if that works. Yeah. But I don't know if that's necessarily ever going to be... I don't, I don't know if that's realistic, right? Because it's probably not just one species. Yeah, exactly. Considering the fact that there's 100 trillion organisms in your gut, <laughs> it's probably not just one thing. It's probably mm -hmm. quite diverse, which is why... I guess FMT does work in and of itself because yeah. you're introducing, uh, I guess, diversity into a biome that might not be as diverse as it should be or has the wrong diversity. Do mm -hmm. you know what's cool? Five years down the line, instead of, you know how you have 23andMe where they do give you, yeah, yeah. you know, your blood sample and they give you the DNA and they tell you what diseases. Yeah. You'll be pooping in the cup and then sending you this company will tell you what's up with your, uh, you know, Confined diversity. This yeah, is what that's you idea. Have to we gotta cut that out of the segment, right? <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. <laughs> we get copyright now. Well, what do we call it? If it's twenty-three and me, one trillion. Twenty-three and trillion and, and and us. And us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I definitely want to go back to you know you were talking about how autism is related to the gut bio uh, bio uh, yeah. diversity. I definitely want to talk about this study, which was done in McMaster on mice. Sure. Which is absolutely phenomenal. Okay. So, you sound excited. Yeah, yeah. So they saw these extroverted mice. You know, they found mice that are more sociable and stuff like that. These are, uh, you know, mice with a given personality that they were, you know, they're more likely to hang out with the other mice. So they're no normal mice, like yeah. wild type mice. Yeah. Versus they had anxious mice that are mostly in the corner or like they don't socialize much. And so what they did is that they, you know, gathered an entire strain of one type of mice, another strain of another mice, they put on a platform, and these extra word mice, they would jump immediately within seconds. Okay, they would jump, jump off, off, the, off yeah. the platform. Okay, yeah. And then they had these anxious mice that would jump off the platform in an average of four and a half minutes. Okay, then they did FMT. That okay. means, you know, took FMT yeah, from yeah. one mice to the other, and they switched pools, and they found out it took for more than a sec few seconds, it took more than a minute for the extroverted mice to jump off really? the platform. And the anxious mice, they were more than two minutes quicker. Suggesting that you then use the FMT of an anxious mouse to induce anxiety in an extroverted mouse. 
Yes. That's but it. also the opposite was true. You said, yes, right? like, exactly. You can That's... necessarily treat, but I guess treat symptoms of anxiety through the fecal matter of an extroverted mice. So essentially, if you look at a guy yeah. who is like, you know, you want or a girl, you want your quality, can I have your poop, please? Oh, man, <laughs> that is the future. That sounds great. It's Tinder for poop. <laughs> you see oh, someone, God. they're like, wow, man, that person has it all, you know, this is a great personality, I want that. Yeah. I was going to take Pop it in the pill or up the other way. Yeah, right. exactly. But you know what? Given the fact that we know so much now about the gut-brain axis, that, at least for somebody who studies neuroscience, that's not that surprising there is evidence that the gut microbiome is influencing social behavior neurodevelopment um anxiety depression all that stuff there was one really cool study uh in which they were looking at maternal obesity and social deficits in the offspring of those mice so you could induce obesity in a mouse by giving it a very high fat diet Mm -hmm. mothers or mother mice um who had who were in, who had obesity induced in them typically had offspring who were had social deficits so they were more let's say secluded you know okay that's not how you test it in the mouse but they were had social deficits mm-hmm. um they also had la- deficits in the reward system so the dopaminergic system and oxytocin you heard of oxytocin yeah. it's like a, a molecule that love that molecule <laughs> <laughs> so they had deficits in that but what was really cool is if then you take if you do FMT on these mice from mice whose mothers were not obese, mm-hmm. you rescued those deficits in social behavior. So it's the same idea. FMT, yeah. you could use it. And it was the other way around. I believe it was the other way around that week. And what was really cool is that they showed that this could be done within a critical window. So you know how there's you, you have this like critical window to learn languages? Correct. Like it's easier to learn a language before the age of six rather than at the age of 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So Green, if you did French. this in a mouse <laughs> before it became an adult mouse then they were able to do it. Yeah, it would not work when the mouse were sexually mature. Mm -hmm. So after four weeks. Mm -hmm. Wow. Crazy, right? So we're too late for fecal transplant then? Maybe. Okay. I mean, listen, you have a UC. You (laughs) might might want to try (laughs) it. Try it, take a break. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So going on to a more serious note, we were just talking about rats. Yeah. And so I was studying, okay, I was watched this mini documentary on YouTube, which is, Honestly, it's a bit questionable. For those listening, Yafis is the documentary king. <laughs> there is not a documentary in the world that Yafis has not seen. So, so I was watching, and it, it seemed questionable. So this mom uh, realized that when they gave her baby um, antibiotics, they realized that there was a big change in the behavior of the child. In what way? In the sense that it was more, they had more autistic. Uh, personality. So when they gave the child antibiotics? Yeah. She saw within weeks mm-hmm. that there was a significant drastic change in the behavior of the child's, uh, you know, social, you know, being, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so she started, this is, okay, honestly, there's an interview with the mom doing her self-research, finding out that, uh, and this was also shown that high levels of propanic acid when given to mice they show autism spectrum symptoms. Is that a, is that a short uh, chain fatty acid, propanoic acid? I have no idea. That's a good question. I think it is. Okay, so no, not propanoic acid. Propanoic I thought acid. the three main were butyric, no, it's, acetic, uh, propanoic and three carbon chain, uh, hydroxyl group. It's just a regular carbon carbon chain. That's like my, the extent of my organic chemistry. <laughs> 
So basically, when they found out that kids who had autism had very high levels of PPA, mm. and uh, essentially, um, when kids are given some sort of uh, antibiotics, there's a compound or something known as there's a microbiosin called Clostridia that produces PPA, and uh, uh, you know there's a when high levels of antibiotics are given to kids, yeah. they start developing uh, a lot more Clostridia and hence more PPA, and so what they found out was giving, sorry, when, uh, I actually messed it up, by giving Clostridia, which kills PPA, they found okay. improvements in the kid's behavior. Oh, when they reduced? When, when, they, incre- when they gave kids Clostri- Clost- uh, Clostridia, mm-hmm. which is an antibiotic, they found out there was a high, a significant improvement of the kid's behavior. Mm-hmm and uh, a drastic transient improvement and it's found out that 70% of all autistic kids have high levels of PPA and they found and they showed the kids improvement before and after this uh, antibiotic treatment and it worked so what is that is that like a is that a metabolite or is that like something that the PPA or the clostridia it's an antibiotic no PPA is well it's it's a short chain fatty no sorry clostridia is an antibiotic okay sorry so I guess you're reducing a specific type or a specific organism, exactly. and then you're allowing other organisms to be to you know multiply. Yeah, and therefore you have higher levels of PPA. I don't know. Exactly, and I think this comes down about down to uh, talking about how you know the chemical processes or pathways uh, are, that are generated in our gut are directly related to our brain. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first thing, you know, how information would be transmitted between the gut and the brain is essentially through the vagus system. There's actually four or th- yeah, three to four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Number one is the vagus. Yeah, we got this every. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the vagus system is the number one methodology of how information would be transmitted between the gut and the brain. Mm-hmm. By the way, ninety percent of your serotonin and fifty percent of your dopamine. Is generated in the gut. Isn't that crazy? It's wild. Yeah. yeah. So our happy chemicals in our tummy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Serotonin is the main chemical. Yeah. yeah. And so it's essentially that's pressure. how and that's how the bacteria communicates with our brain. And so it's not essentially our brain thinking; it's our bacteria in our gut thinking. They'll be like, mm. "Hey, we want to be happy. Oh, we got good food. Shooting some serotonin into the brain, yo." <laughs> and that's true, like, yeah. and that's like we're being controlled by bacteria. Maybe every single word I'm saying right now. And they're this, try, they're controlling you right now. Exactly. So I ask you again: Is your gut microbiome your soul? That's what I'm oh, saying. You got this. <laughs> so you you were talking about systems, and I guess now we're getting closer to the nervous system. Um, but I guess this whole gut brain axis encompasses more than just the nervous system and and the microbiome. So, I mean, the four main ways at least I've seen mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. is. One, like, as you said, through the vagus nerve. Correct. And a lot of this is through the enteric nervous system, which is a branch of your peripheral nervous system. I don't know if anyone remembers from... Do you guys take psychology in undergrad? I no. took it. I took one class. So, like, you know that there's two divi- two main divisions to your nervous system. Your central, which yes. is your brain okay, spinal cord. Your peripheral, which is your the muscles. Mm-hmm. That and was the grade of... Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, your, your, yeah. sepa- your, uh, your um, peripheral nervous system is divided into your somatic, which is like voluntary mm-hmm. movement, Correct. your autonomic, which is your fight or flight. And then, well, I guess it's cont- contentious what, where the enteric nervous system 
uh, is placed. But the enteric nervous system is your um, gut brain nervous system. Yeah. Okay. And interesting, there's, there's more cells in your enteric nervous system in your gut than there are in your spinal cord. Like neurons? More neurons, so, oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Four to six hundred million, which is a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, but okay, just, uh, just, that, just, that's, just, that's can, can we take a step back? Yeah. Mm. Uh, in Kashmiri language, if you want to swear to someone, you say, Parti Yad, that means... Don't first, show this in Kashmiri, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't... That's swear on area. But, like but then they say, may your stomach burst open. Oh, maybe maybe that's we knew. Yeah, yeah. That's like may yeah. your soul burst open. Yeah, exactly. We knew oh, this. Man. I don't know if I'd wish that upon anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, there's through the vagus nerve, as you said, in the enteric nervous system. Then there's through the uh, HP axis, your uh, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. That's uh-huh. like your endocrine or your neuroendocrine okay. system. And it's shown that your gut microbiome influences your stress and your cortisol levels. Correct. There's through the immune system. So your brain's the resident immune cells of your brain are the microglia, and you could it's been shown that microglial development, so development of your brain's immune system, but also uh, is influenced by the gut microbiome. Correct. Cytokine um, is the c- compound that's produced. That's right now. Cytokines so, are yeah. there's cells in the immune system. Yeah, but they're just generated by the gut microbiome as well. Yeah, they could yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the metabolites or correct anything else. Yeah, actually, if you treat baby mice with antibiotics, they could. Re- revert your mature not baby mice uh, like uh weaning age so like teen mice uh you could you could revert your adult microglia to immature microglia which you're basically mm. taking the immune system a step back and losing some, some of your immune system are you de-differentiating are you re- reprogramming or i think you just there's much immature mature forms okay okay uh, so you're i don't know if you're repro i guess you're reprogramming in a sense yeah, yeah. um and then there's just general you know, neurocommunication. So they make like these tra- neurotransmitters like serotonin. Correct. I'm talking the fourth way. That's fourth the way, yeah. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. Serotonin and dopamine, but also just different metabolites like propanoic acid, for example. Correct. And other stuff that just travel either through the vagus or through the circulatory system, which Cash, I'm sure, can get into at some point, um, yeah. which is pretty crazy. You know, so, um, to, you know, okay, so essentially to improve our gut microbiomes, you take probiotics because it increases your biotics. But there's a new class of medication they're calling. Mm-hmm. They're called cytobiotics. That's mon- medication to alter your brain. I've n- whoa. Cytobiotics okay. is, oh. is because like, um, by taking nootropics. You ever heard of that? Yeah, nootropic nootropics like the, all these uh, subs- yeah. Like, supplements. Go ahead. What's ne- nootropics? Nootropics. It's basically like supplements that alter. Supposedly, alter, like there's there's some studies on it. I don't know how effective they are but they alter brain, your brain chemistry so whether you want to work harder better faster release certain chemicals whatever but i don't know yeah well the thing with all that. these probiotic so all these things come under the functional food market which is a 50 billion dollar industry <laughs> that basically targets you know supplementation probiotics kombucha yogurt all that stuff mm. kimchi kimchi yeah so i actually looked this up because i was curious the probiotic market is fifteen billion dollars, so it's like a thirty percent of the entire entire functional food market. Yeah. There's actually very little scientific evidence showing that any of this stuff works. I was just about to say that. Yeah. So there was a stud. There's two reviews that I looked at. Both of them found zero clinical studies yeah. with any of the like a review of the literature, an exhaustive review of the literature because through PubMed. Logically, it makes you think it makes sense. You know, like you're missing a certain uh, bacteria or fungus or whatever. You take a probiotic to build that bacteria, yeah. but that's 
Apparently not the case. Yeah, I was thinking about. I used to always buy kimchi from Costco. Yeah. But I stopped buying kimchi while I was doing research. It's like, oh my god, I need to continue buying my kimchi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. But yes. no, go well, ahead. I was gonna say like, but that's the thing, you know, like there's, there's a huge disconnect between like, um, I guess the culture around probiotics and what is actually um, was actually working. But I think maybe a more effect, maybe you can clar- uh, clarify as well. Maybe something that's more effective would be pre- prebiotics. Prebiotics? Yeah, prebiotics. So, um, I guess the components that like build the bacteria, but not, you're not actually taking in the specific bacteria that you need, for example. Okay, I have no idea. Okay. Um, I do know that in a lot of the studies they do with mice, they give quote-unquote probiotics, which yeah. are just literally cultures of specific, um, yeah. you know, bio, uh, specific bacteria. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... I mean, I don't, I wouldn't, there's, I mean, no, yeah. you can't really do that in humans right now. There's no. ethical, we don't understand the pharmacodynamics. We exactly, don't understand yeah. the toxicology. We don't understand the side effects that that would happen. What would happen long-term versus short-term, you know, yeah. there's, there's just so much we still have to learn. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if probiotics are the way to go. I think there's a, like, I, I saw something online. It's like. Actually, it's just general quotes like that. In um, what is it? In diversity is our strength. <laughs> you know, no, and that's okay. that's the way it is with the gum microbiome. You know, we don't we don't just need one kind of bacteria to improve yeah. on our general health. We need different kinds of bacteria. Okay, so I might have to rebuttal that because. Are you saying that diversity is not a strength, Yafis? Not a strength, actually. We're in Canada, in fact, man. Look at us. We're in, look at us three. <laughs> <laughs> so from my... Oh, my God. Wait, we can talk about it. I think someone made a quote about... Don Cherry? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, but taking a step back and going back into our guts. Uh, like look the, in your gut, Yafis. Look, look into <laughs> my gut. Back into our guts. Yeah. It's uh, essentially... the you know, we, it's more about the quantity of the bacteria and not necessarily the diversity of bacteria. Whoa, I don't know, man. I think yeah, I don't know if that's true. So that's the new study that I saw that they found out that it's the quantities of the various bacteria and not necessarily the proportion of the bacteria one versus the other that determines the functionality or the health of a gut bacteria. So, I mean... Wait, the quantity, not the quality? No, no, no. Or the no. diversity, rather? So... More than diversity, it's the quantity of the individual bacteria. Oh, like the proportion. Por- no, you don't. You don't compare A to B, but A in terms of volume of ten thousand A, six thousand B, four thousand A. But you can proportion it A B to C. Yeah, but how do you measure that? So it's. I don't. Know, I think it's the opposite. I think it's more so how evenly distributed the populations are, and how different those populations are that give us strength in our, I guess, immune defense or whatever, protective. Um, By the way, did you want to go live on podcast? Yeah, I think we should go live. Um, let me let me uh, for a second try to find where this. Oh, here it is. Okay, so the microbiome which control the activity of the host and most importantly the gut microbes have been investigated in detail to such an extent that you know it's wait. Oh, I'm reading the wrong line. Hold on. So from what I understand, it says over here is. It's controlled by the fine-tuning of the gut microbiomes, but it's more about the contribution of each cell instead of the proportion of the cells to the others. Mm-hmm. So you're. That's so not saying that it's the quantity. Yeah. That's still saying it's, that it's the. It's still talking about diversity there. You're not saying that you need specific proportions. It's just saying like, 
each population is important. I think it's a numbers game. You know, like let's say you ingest a pathogen. That's whatever. Dating is a numbers game. Exactly, oh right? God. And what do you want to do with that? You date as much as you can yeah. in order to find the right one. And that's exactly what... Statistics. Yeah. <laughs> right? If you have more uh, a diverse population, the more likely oh. you are going to have a bacteria that's going to defend against that pathogen. All right. So, guys, are we ready to get live? Wait, just put it back over there. Oh, Kim, I actually clicked this, but I'll watch anyway. It's not here anymore. <laughs> Oh. Okay, the only person watching is Eclipse. She's a viewer. Alright, we're gonna... Oh, we're gonna go there? Oh, no, just okay. put it over there. Sure, we're gonna right. end this and we're gonna join us at Podcasts. Live. Sorry, we're taking a quick break. Taking a quick break for now. Um, where were we? Oh, wow, we had a total of 19 viewers. Yeah. What? No, no, it was, it's uh, opening. Hold on, the podcasts. Are we going live? Yeah, this is trying to go live on Instagram right yeah, now. That's what's happening. Right? To be wow. fair, I don't even know how to go live on Instagram. So. Actually, I don't really know either. I, in, I was trying to make a poll because I was making a oh, poll about fecal matter transplantation. Yeah. You know, I wanted to see what proportion my, of my followers knew what it was and what proportion or what they thought about it, et cetera. Et cetera. Wait, why don't you just put it back to how it was before? Oh, no, it's back. It's back. Um, wait, 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 you need to. Turn it more. Oh, just a second. Could you hold this for a second? Uh, yeah, yeah. And it took me probably f- 20 minutes to figure out how to do it. Until <laughs> Yaf is like, why don't you reset your app? And then it oh, worked. And it worked? <laughs> yeah. All right. I, would have to Google I don't know anything yeah. about Instagram. No idea. Except that I know how to follow and <laughs> scroll. All right. We are going to be live on Instagram on the podcast. Hello. Podcast. Um... So do you guys want to give a quick review of what we talked about and uh, basically give our viewers an idea of what the gut microbiome is? Sure. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Uh So go ahead. Sure. 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 So basically we talked a lot today about the gut microbiome in the context of different diseases. So what is gut microbiome? It's just basically all the microorganisms, not just bacteria, but we talked a lot about about bacteria, but it includes the... Um, more um, neglected species like the viruses, fungi, um, and as well as their genetic and, and other protein material. Um, basically, we talked a lot about um, the gut microbiome in terms of social disorders, neurological disorders. Talked briefly about cardiovascular diseases, but uh, maybe we should get more to that. Yeah, yeah. the next thing we um, GI tract disorders, especially, right? Yaf being uh, a culprit of ulcerative colitis. Um, and yeah, what else? What else we no, saw? That's, that's pretty much it. Diversity. Yeah, and then we talked about the pathways and how our gut is affects our various systems. Mm-hmm. How is how our gut is connected to our digestive tract because it's there. How our gut is connected to our brain, mm-hmm. and essentially how the gut is the soul of our body. Yeah. So yeah, it influences a lot of our decisions. Yeah. So, go the, ahead. The, well, I was just going to say, there's a lot that we did talk about, but, you know, we've been going for probably, what, is this 45 minutes now? But minutes. there's something that we, no, almost an hour. We haven't talked about much about cardiovascular disorders and the gut microbiome. And yeah, mm-hmm. um, Cash, you being, you know, a PhD yeah. in this, I'd really be interested in hearing well, what there is to offer. Like, it's kind of basically what we talked about with the other disorders, you know, like, as I mentioned before, like, there's no causative role for the gut microbiome and cardiovascular disease. 
But some of these observational studies show that, um, for example, certain metabolites of the gut microbiome, if you are in excess of this one metabolite, you're more likely to have coronary artery disease and thus have a heart attack. So a lot of the, you're saying that a lot of the cardiovascular studies are more epidemiological? They're epidemiological. Some of them are, yeah, exactly. Are there any, you know, There's basic no science? Is There's there any no basic trials. science going on? Um, not that I, I, the studies I looked at were only in the ones done in the higher impact journals, like Lancet, Nature, that yeah. kind of stuff. Okay. And for I, them, they only do clinical, like big clinical trials. And these are on science. humans, of course. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Because, yeah. oh, well, I was just saying, because a lot of the neuro studies are actually done in mice. And oh, you can yeah, do okay. these in mice. I mm-hmm. can talk about a couple of them after, but I was curious, do we know anything about, you know, stroke? Do we know anything about uh, blood clotting and that kind of stuff with the gut microbiome? So the only real, maybe cardiovascular disease-ish is type 2 diabetes. Okay. Um, and like we said, like we Ish. talked about before, yeah. Because <laughs> it could be an immune disease all, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. But, um, well, type 2 actually, yeah. Um, do you, oh, just an FYI, do you mm-hmm. guys know that they're trying to rename Alzheimer's to type 3 diabetes? What? No. Yeah. 40 neuroscientists in North America have decided that there's a great relationship to the gut microbiome to early onset Alzheimer's that they're going to rename it to type 2 diabetes. Because but the diabetes family, I thought, was a problem of insulin. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. So there is a direct correlation to insulin production and Alzheimer's. Whoa. That doesn't make sense to me as well. Early I, onset Alzheimer's is. I mean, I don't but it's also, it is heavily influenced by... We have to find one of these 30 neuroscientists. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tune in in six weeks. Abby, <laughs> <laughs> you're on one of them? Yeah. Not yet. I don't think I'm on board with that right now. But I guess I don't know enough. Um, to be fair, we only looked at this for like three days. We've been researching yeah, the microbiome. Correct. So. Um, but Abby, yeah, to go back to what you were saying. So, at least the very not so prevalent studies that I've looked at with in terms of microbiome research and cardiovascular disease is either yeah inhibiting those certain bacteria that have been shown to promote uh, coronary disease or, or strokes um, but even then like do we want to inhibit that whole bacteria or do you want to just stop like one metabolite mm-hmm. in particular for example I'm not gonna I'll say its name there's one metabolite trimethylamine and oxide nice um, that people think are associated with coronary disease right? okay that's the thing. Like, do we want to target that metabolite in particular, or is it the species that we want to target? How do we treat that? But maybe that metabolite is a part of a family of other metabolites that defend that you know depend on each other. And so when we target that, we don't target the others. Well, that's the thing. You know, like this whole field is like so complex that it's not it's not just one one right. thing that we can target. But if then, it, yeah. oh, I was just gonna say, if it's a metabolite, how do you know it's coming from the microbiome? Well, because it's a purely a metabolite from. Um, so it's bacteria not, in the microbiome. So it doesn't occur like in cells. No. Yeah. Does That's it, the only way they can differentiate really. Should look at germ-free mice. Oh yeah, exactly. So that's probably the next step. Um, but all of these studies were also pretty recent, mm-hmm. right? Within the past like past few years. So they're probably doing um, <clears throat> rodent studies in cardiovascular disease. Can we just reiterate the fact that hundred trillion cells organisms are organisms. Mm-hmm in our body, our, you know, our gut microbiomes versus we have only 10% of that in our body. Isn't that this phenomenal that 90% of all the yeah. cells are in our guts? Yeah. Well, even when you think of it like, it's not just cells, you're right. Like we're talking about viruses as well. Right? Correct. Viruses, um, bacteriophages, archaea, yeah. and fungi. And they're pretty small even compared to cells. Yeah. Right? So they're, quite they're definitely going to make up 
a lot more. Apparently, viruses are actually what make up the most of it. Yeah, yeah. Five pounds. So that's how much they weigh. That's how you got like a bonus, five pounds? Five pounds. That's crazy. That's, yeah. That's yeah. actually wild. Wow. If I ever want to lose five pounds, I know where to lose them. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not, after I've spoken about I mean, I'm taking off my soul, so, you know. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, I saw there was a study stating that taking a, your gut microbiome is equal to an organ, like your liver and a yeah. kidney. Oh, Just yeah. The microbiome it's, a whole, it's like a whole ecosystem, right? Yeah. Like it's but the fact that mice can uh, survive without these microbiomes, what about humans? Like, do we have any for that? Uh, well, they're they're germ free, so they would be, and they're kept in probably like very sterile conditions. Germ free humans, germ free mice. Germ-free I don't mice. think there's germ free. Well, no, there's there's <laughs> oh, I guess with really sim- yeah. without immune systems, right? There's that dis- I forgot what the disorder is, but with where these patients their T cells are down and yeah. yeah, they have no choice but to. But I don't know if they're naturally birthed, in which case they would have a gut microbiome regardless. But maybe yeah. fecal matter transplant would be good for these patients. And no. yeah, you know what's interesting to read as well, which is very important that I need to start taking into consideration is that these gut bugs, they have a uh, cir- circadian uh, yeah. rhythm, yeah. Yeah. and hence sleep is important for them too. Yeah, and they affect, like I said before, like they they affect our circadian rhythms as well. Of course. Right. Yeah. Oh wow. I mean, if they're making serotonin and other neurotransmitters, of course. So essentially, yeah, if you true. want to break down someone's personality, just look at the gut microbiome. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a company. That's a startup. <laughs> that's a startup. <laughs> I well, mean, it makes sense. No, you're right. Yeah. I want to talk about this really cool study that came out in Nature, uh, I think, a week or two ago. No, okay. two weeks ago now. I think. Oh, recent. Okay. Um, and it was looking at fear conditioning in mice and how the microbiome will influence fear conditioning. Um, so... I guess you said you never took psychology and you you have... You need to explain to me what fear conditioning is. So, it's one aspect of, I guess, learning is how you condition... Um, you can condition a mouse to be scared of a tone. So what you could do yeah. is you could take a tone, just like a beep, or a flash of light, or any sort of, you know, completely non-scary, non-threatening thing. And what you can do is you could pair the presentation of that stimulus with a very aversive stimulus, like a shock to the feet. So when you shock a mouse's feet, obviously they're gonna jump or they're gonna get scared, right? There's fight or flight will turn on, their heart rate will go up, etc. What if you do what you can do through classical conditioning is you can pair that response, so the startle response, yeah. with the presentation of this non-threatening stimulus like a tone. Okay. Okay? And when you stop pe- shocking the mouse but just present the tone, they will start to present this startle response. So that's fear okay. conditioning. Okay. But then there's another part to that, which is extinction. How do you then get rid of this, mm-hmm. right? It's, uh, so basically fear conditioning is exposure therapy. No, extinction is exposure therapy. Okay. Okay. So I guess it's a kind of, a kind of reverse, right? Yeah. Extinction yeah. then is if you pair the tone many, many times without the shock, eventually that response, the startle response will start to go away, which Got makes you. sense, right? And, but we see that in different psychiatric disorders like PTSD, where mm-hmm. the, the noxious stimuli or the aversive stimuli is, is no longer present, but there's still this heightened response due to certain triggers. Correct. Right? Someone coming back from war, someone who experienced a car crash, you know, they see a, a trigger <coughs> who bring back memories of this traumatic experience Correct. and then cause this increased fight or flight stress response. Correct. Mm-hmm. What's incredible is that if you take a germ-free mice, you have deficits. So you could, let me start again, sorry. You could t- 
time how long it takes a mouse to extinct this response. Okay. Normal mouse will have X amount of time. Yeah. Germ-free mice will have deficits in the, this extinction. They will not lose this response. Wow. If you then mice won't lose a response. Or they'll have deficits. Oh, yeah, yeah, they'll yeah, take yeah. much longer to lose. Yeah. It. Okay. Right. Um, if you then reintroduce using FMT yeah. or just specific, very specific probiotic mm -hmm. uh, strains of, of uh, bacteria, you could actually remove these deficits in extinction. Yeah, Which okay. means that the microbiome is directly influencing your memory. I think I read something about uh, brain-derived neurotropic factors. BDNF? Yeah. Yes, BDNF. That's, that is definitely one. It's, it's, it's a neurotropic factor, so yeah. it helps um, with everything in the cell. It promotes cell growth. It promotes uh, activity, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, it does, it does play a part in memory and fear. Exactly. So um, people, mice which are free, they have low... Yeah, they have hands, uh, but we do, we know as much as we know about BDNF, we know nothing about BDNF. Yeah. We try to start, <laughs> like BDNF is in everything. It's mm. so complicated. It's like an autoimmune disorders in everything. It's like, oh, we don't understand this here. You go, yeah, BDNF. BDNF does it. L quite literally, <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah. So yeah. okay, but how crazy is that? That you're actually, I mean, maybe maybe uh, FMT could be a treatment for PTSD in the future, and stress disorders. Yeah, stress disorders. Because the PTSD is part in part due to a, a deficit in the fear extinction. Okay, the fact that you are, you know, deploying FMT using anema and uh, gymnoscopies, what if that causes a fear response and PTSD? <laughs> You're usually anesthetized. <laughs> well, wait, I think so you'd be the best person to ask about that, wouldn't we? I mean, and yeah. and what, do you, what do you always say about colonoscopies, Yafis? I love colonoscopies. <laughs> there you go. So, why, why don't we, on that note, why don't we think about, like, what are the treatments right now, or what are things that we can do to create a more, like, diverse microbiome? I think that's an excellent Healthy question. foods. Healthy foods. Eat healthy. If your gut microbiome is influenced by the food, and then it also influences what food you continue to take in yeah then the best thing you can do is not eat pizza and fries although pizza is great yeah. wait till you're drunk <laughs> like what are some things that maybe you guys have read or like heard of like maybe not scientifically sound but for example um, i read like, like you should spend a lot of time outdoors and that's probably right to expose yourself to different different um pathogens different mm -hmm. bacteria outside or travel the world the travel exactly yeah, yeah, yeah go to different countries but the other question is, and I don't know the answer, mm -hmm. is how does exposure to different or completely different um, bacteria and micro and, and you know microbes influence your your microbiome? Because if we if if the microbiome is influencing our immune system, mm -hmm. then it's targeting, it's telling the immune system to target invaders, which yeah. could be other microbes, right? Which are other microbes? Probably, yeah. But I'm sure there's also some microbes that. Uh, maybe, maybe enter our body and are not considered pathogens and then may join our microbiome. Um, like, I know different uh, bacteria activate T-cells which are involved in the immune response, um, but others don't, right? So maybe it's important that we find the right, like, this is all very general, probably too specific, but, but maybe it's probably important that we go somewhere else, you know, we expand that, we increase that diversity, which is kind of what we talked about mm -hmm. as well, in order to protect ourselves. Get the right bacteria in your gut. Yeah. Another thing we can do is don't needlessly take antibiotics. Yeah. That is something that I've read a lot about, especially kept coming back in uh, again. Uh, uh, we've always had the understanding that antibiotics 
uh, you know, taking antibiotics results in bacteria that become strain resistant, but at the same time, you know, some of the antibiotic studies that have shown kill bacteria that causes autism. So it's but it also don't they also have the, isn't antibiotic treatment in kids or in very young children also correlated with higher incidences of ASD? Agreed. And that's why it depends on which antibiotics you give. Well, I that's the thing, yeah. Very, and like, so if, I've read the study about air infection antibiotics. I'm not really sure. I forgot what the name is. But high, uh, but kids with air, air infections or certain infections that take broad range antibiotics for that particular issue have a very high risk of autism. Well, exactly. Yeah. Well, you're right. Like, how do you know if your one antibody is going to <coughs> a, a kill off one species or not a hundred species? Like, you don't really <laughs> have a study yet. immunology. That's the issue. Well, oh, wow. the thing is with like with antibodies or sorry, I keep saying antibodies. I mean antibiotics. Um, they might target, like for example, um, ribosomes, which help mm -hmm. like create uh, protein. Yeah. Or they might target a protein on the cell surface. Yeah. Like that. But the thing is, you don't really know if it's just going to affect one species or, or a number of them. Yeah. And I think to be clear, none of us are saying don't take antibiotics. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we uh, okay. That's the disclaimer. That's the yeah. <laughs> no medical advice should be taken out of this. Nothing should be taken out of this. <laughs> <laughs> It's been three days we've looked at this. <laughs> Today's the third day. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man, that's so good. Um, but eat fiber. That's a that's given. Soft fiber is important. Yeah. And um, we talked a lot about probiotics, and Evie mentioned that there's like uh, lots of studies have been done that show little to no effects. Maybe. No, there's been no clinical studies. No clinical studies have been yeah. shown. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, back to your back to your antibiotics point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely, it's more just, I guess, be careful with the antibiotics that you take. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, we've been taking antibiotics for many years, and they're okay. It's just, like we said, be careful, listen to your doctor. Yeah, and uh, what's interesting to know that by the age of, I think, uh, by the age of, by the age of, to the age of 40, on average, a human takes, or at least this might be in American statistics, mm -hmm. takes at least 40 uh, rounds of an antibiotics. Sounds like an American statistic. Yeah. <laughs> 40 rounds. So happens when you commercialize pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Commercial lot, yeah. I mean, you know, recently uh, we've had uh, a lot of the pharmaceutical companies uh, being sued because of uh, the oxytocin uh, issues, or the drug issues. What's opioids? Opioids. Well, and the they had a settlement for $140 million. Yeah, but that was different because they were literally pumping them out but as a money grab. True, but what if you know it comes back and bites their butt about antibiotics? I don't know. I controversial. I don't want to get into it. Yeah, yeah. I like I feel like I don't I know, know enough. Honestly, I would like I know a bit of it. Like opioids, definitely bad. Opioids, yeah. I'm talking the antibiotic part. Oh yeah, like it, yeah, like for sure we shouldn't like. Yeah, you're right. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> so I I have a question for you guys. Why do you think we've developed a symbiotic relationship with microbes? Why do you Yo, think quick, we have a five-pound gut microbiome? Quick shout-out to that first bacteria that engulfed that other bacteria. And created our mitochondria. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how it works, man. Like, um, I think that was, that was the first event, and it really resonates with me. 
And <laughs> ever since that day, yeah, remember those days? Yeah, huh? remember those days? <laughs> and so uh, we, I, I believe that you know bacteria live in the system. We need to survive. They need to survive. We're like, hey, do you guys want a house? Come here. You help me. You, I help you. Yeah. But they're not together. always helpful, right? There's there's one really cool study that came out in PLOS Bio that I was reading about. Let me go find it. One sec. Basically, what from what I remember, what they were doing is this was a metabolic study, and they're looking at how uh, the microbiome influences the choice of feeding. And so what they were doing is they gave these fruit flies, fruit flies, Drosophila, obviously mm. not a mammal, but they were giving these fruit flies a very sugary solution um, that contained either essential acids or no essential, uh, essential amino acids or yeah. no essential amino acids. Um, the idea being either it gave them satiety and the, the proper amount of proteins and such that they needed uh, or not. And then they then after a few days of getting used to these diets, they presented them with the buffet of yeast, sugar, whatever they wanted. Yeah. And they found that those, those uh, mice, those mice, those flies that were lacking the essential acids would always go to get more protein, which is what you would expect. Then they altered the microbiome and they were able to show that these mice no longer wanted those protein. They wanted the sugar. If they changed the microbiome mm -hmm. to be detrimental, right? So the, the bacteria yeah. in their gut were wanting more sugar because that's what yeah. bacteria feed on mostly. So, well, that's interesting because it kind of definitely applies to us. Like when I want some sugar or I want a, like a dessert, maybe that's my good Michael Brown telling me like, hey, listen, like you don't love sugar right now. Like, or maybe it's like a Game of Thrones, honestly. Like you have the different houses out there fighting for the throne, fighting for what food they want. Mm. And essentially the pizza lovers are down there. They'd be like, and they won the war. They won the war. And next thing we know, I want pizza. Yeah. And yeah. You're <laughs> There's a study that found that fruit flies colonized with a specific bacteria preferred other fruit flies to prefer to mate with other fruit flies colonized with that bacteria. Wait, could you, could you explain that? What do you mean by uh, how... Colonizing uh, with the bacteria. Yeah. Like, they coexist with the bacteria? No, fruit flies, who's got microbiome, because fruit flies also have a gut microbiome. Yeah. Oh, I right? know. Okay. So, when they colonized their... I guess they had germ-free flies that they yeah. colonized with a very specific bacteria. Yeah. They, those uh, fruit flies preferred other flies to mate with that had the same gut microbiome. Mm. Oh. So, so it's influencing our social... And our mating behavior. Is that why this? Okay. So what you're trying to say is that we need to find our, the girl that has the right microbiome. No, I'm saying that your gut <laughs> microbiome needs to find the girl with the right oh, microbiome. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Or we just start that company, one, 100 trillion and me. I'm telling you, it's and, got to do It'll be a dating app. It'll be. Uh, <laughs> it'll be a disease control. It'll be yeah. a rooted personality. And if ever you know you're a shy person, mm -hmm. and you want to be outgoing. Just eat my poop. <laughs> Not <laughs> yours. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we're joking about this now. It's gonna be a huge idea in like fifty years. But it's cool, right? It suggests that microbes need us to spread, and they need us to do the nasty in order to spread. Yeah. But. There's another cool thing that's, I guess, a bit off topic, but I was looking at, you know, why the symbiotic relationship and how um, in biology there's all these examples of parasitic and symbiotic uh, mm. relationships. Mm. One being a certain virus that causes its cricket host to increase the desire to mate and then increases, the, causing the rate of mating to be significantly elevated and allows for transmission between individual hosts. Same idea. Basically, your microbiome is influencing how horny you are. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> this this might okay. This Obviously, those are completely so what's the, extrapolated. So, yeah. what's the origin of microbiomes again? We talked about how vaginal fluid is one of and fecal matter. Yeah. Do you not sink that in? It's not make sense. Like no. <laughs> Why do you whisper? You have a mic in your hand. So you're saying that's how we can increase our microbiome. Yeah, exactly. All right. That's the. Okay, let's change my whole perspective. That's okay. We're gonna edit that out. Yeah, we edit it. Yeah. No comment. No comment. I mean, we were all taking it. You're also live, by the way. Oh yeah. That's so, right. uh, I, don't, I don't think they're that. No one's listening. It's all oh, yeah. good. Yeah, that's fine. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive, though. So I guess we can start concluding unless anyone has anything else to say. Um, Maybe like in conclusion, let's talk about like where we think it's going, like where our research is going. Well, first like, we look for the trials. Yeah, many many more using either probiotic, probiotic not you know mm-hmm. the functional Pre-biotics. food market yeah. probiotics, mm-hmm. but you know specific bacteria yeah. ingestions, mm-hmm. um, fecal matter transplantation, um, and that kind of stuff for mental health. For physical health, yeah, yeah. For sexual health, yeah, mm-hmm. agreed, hundred percent. But I think from my understanding is like start from the scratch, look at a gut microbiome, understand, break down what's in there first of all, figure out who's growing there and what the function of each one is. How do you break down what's in there if everyone has a different one and if it's influenced by so many factors? So I, I guess creating a DNA map of a bi- microbiome in the but not necessarily on, I, okay, so I see where you're coming from, but I was like, we have a hundred trillion, mm-hmm. find out all the species, find out the function, because they're there for a reason. But well, that's the thing, is that important? Is I every mean, single one important? Well, in order to find out which ones are important though, we need to know all of them. So this is, you don't think okay, I don't know. I we agree. don't know all the cells in the body, we're constantly figuring out new types of cells. Right, in vision, mm-hmm. there's new types of retinal cells being discovered every few but why are we why are we doing this? Because we think that they're important, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But, but or maybe also, not. Yeah. But I don't know. The question is, is that an efficient method of the of discovering new things? Not efficient. Hundred percent not efficient. efficient. Not so efficient. why not first look at what we know and try to find treatments for those? Correct. We yeah, but that's the thing. Like we only know as much as we know, and I think a lot of studies are pointing to one species of bacteria, for example, yeah. for disease. But that's not the case. And whenever we do FMT, we're not necessarily giving them one bacteria; we're giving them a mixture. But we never. I mean, in any clinical disorder, we never know exactly every cause for the disorder, and that's mm-hmm. not necessarily something we could ever know, due to many restrictions. I mean, yeah. firstly. In terms, you know, in just the microbiome, how do we study the microbiome? We use fecal matter. Mm. Fecal matter is representative, but not perfectly representative. And then how do you take in all the other influences of environment, geography, age, uh, sex, mm. stress? Yeah, well, th- I, see where you're, I see where you're going. So, like, like, yes, we can start where we're at and what we know so far. And that's important to help treat people, treat diseases right now. And what if, yeah, what if you're only taking fecal matter of white people or brown people or certain de- demographics? We're that's going to have to uh, take into effect as well, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, um, we'll see. But I think also, like, one thing, like, we've, we've talked a lot about bacteria, right? I think one thing that the research is missing is that other microorganisms, especially viruses, that 
Um, we don't really know exactly what's going on there. And there's mm-hmm. probably so, there's so many different species of viruses. In the world. Oh yeah. Or fungi. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it looks like a pretty complicated field, and I feel like that's there's a lot of money that's going into it right now. Yeah. No, knowing that. Uh, 80% of all the research papers that were published were done in the last five years. And the yeah. fact that there's only 80, that 8% was what? 17,000? Uh, tw- oh, 16,000, wait. 12,900? Is that what you said? Nice. Nice. Wow. <laughs> we need his good microbiome. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's only, tw- how many, what percentage did you say? 20%? 80%. 80%. 80%. 80%. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. So there's been no studies at all. Yeah. I mean, we, we've studied for we we've studied for three days on this. And I'd we, say we a day and a half for myself. Yeah, I apologize. Two days, I should be honest. I mean, yeah. if you include today, three days. But Correct. I did about two days. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we well, well you know, we keep learning, we keep growing. Yeah. I think we could probably end this episode, Correct. but or at least let's end the microbiome part. I think we could talk a little bit about the podcast itself and what we want to do with the podcast. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we want to do showing with this to people and getting feedback. Yeah. Maybe this is a good time to get some insight. Should I bring them forward? Yeah, you want to. Yeah, yeah. 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 So all right, all right. So, you... well, thank you for listening to the microbiome. Uh, yeah, thanks everyone. We appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> good job, yeah. <laughs> I think Maybe it's still no. No, that's right. not true. I think it's important to. Oh shit. <laughs> Let's find out. No, it was still on. I think it's battery powered. Oh, yeah, no, it just went in and out. Oh, yeah. Look at those. Ooh, that looks like a. That looks like a. It's like a pulse. It's gonna get yeah. them together. It's like a electrophysiology oh, right here. Wow, Julie. Send a request to be in your live video. Hi, Julie. You. Wait, to be she in. Let her join. Yeah, she can join us. How did she join? Yeah, she can like, say, yeah, let's go. Come into the chat. <laughs> All right. Hold on, let me move this out of your way. Excuse me? So someone just joined in for us or no? Alright, we're just gonna. Alright. Oh boy. Wait a second. Alright. That was good. Uh, it's, a, it's a very difficult. Sorry for this noise, by the way, and whoever's still listening to this, if anyone's still listening to this. Oh, Rachel. Oh, hey. I think that was a very difficult topic that we might have gone ahead of ourselves with. 100%, I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty massive uh, in terms of just uh, the content. Uh, I believe that it took me a while to grasp uh, the direction of yeah. what I wanted to read. And all I did was to the surface because the second I started picking up these research papers. Uh, Richie has a question. Yes. Go ahead. Hello. Makash Money. Makash Money says we are sexy. Oh, you okay. too, Cash. <laughs> All right, so who's keep the... doing this. Uh, he's a guy from. Ah, thanks, man. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Um, Richie says, first of all, huge fan of the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Been listening since the first episode. We have some longtime fans. That's oh, good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Fine. She's a slow typer, but that's okay. I apologize. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> we're, we're waiting. Wait, that's all right. Okay, while we're waiting. Yeah. Question is, are there benefits to have ulcerative colitis? There is. 
One of the benefits of having ulcerative colitis is that you can understand the butt. We're we're still on air, by the way. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So essentially, uh, the advantages of having ulcerative colitis is that you appreciate life more. And would you rather have a colonoscopy or watch NASCAR? There's a there's a story behind there. Oh, is that okay? I'll tell you later. (laughs) Come back. We're coming live. Wait, just turn it sideways. No, no, just come come closer. Oh, we can be cuddles. That's cute. Wait, am I am I still recording? Yeah, yeah. No, no, just continue. Just keep going. Okay, so actually, how about we do this? For those of you who are still listening. Okay. By the way, did you talk about C-section? Yes, of course we did. Of course we did. Of course we did. What do you think this is? Um, <laughs> so for those of you who are new to this or who we haven't spoken to, the idea of this podcast is kind of a, a general knowledge podcast in a sense where we would each choose a topic or we would choose a topic each week or for a few days. And then we would all go our own way and, you know, research it. When we come back together, we all have this, you know, basic knowledge of what it means, but, or what the topic is, but we would all also have looked in different ways. You know, I'm neuro background, Cash's cardio background, Yaf's an engineer. Um, also our own interests are different. So we would all be able to then teach, Jesus Christ, we'd all be able to teach each other something uh, and hopefully teach our viewers something. So we're looking for ideas. So if anybody has them, please bring them forward to us. Uh, we're always open to ideas. We also need feedback because this is our second episode. We have no idea what we're doing. I yeah. think we're doing okay. We're but well. I in, think we're able to have a conversation. But it's tough um, with big topics like oh this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I feel like we went on a lot of different tangents, and we talked about a lot. But there is... I mean, let's let's talk about how the gut biomicrome, the gut biomicrome is our soul, and that is my you know that's my conclusion from this episode is that there's a big possibility that a lot of the decisions that we make not a big possibility there is a big leaning towards a lot of decisions that we make is directly related to the microbes in our gut. So not necessarily you think from your brain. But a lot of thinking is done by these organisms down there. The question is, I love that. That's is like, <laughs> but is it consciousness, right? That's the. Mm-hmm. Qu- I mean, you could go it into argument of what is consciousness. Yeah, that could be a good topic. Consciousness? Actually, consciousness. We have a yeah. We have a few uh, comments out there. You guys are doing great. Thank you. Uh, is, is that, that a, a sock, sock in the, the mic? mic? But then my th- yes. That was freaking yeah. It's a sock in the mic. <laughs> <laughs> it helps with the reverb because yeah. we're recording from two different computers. We have to merge it. The issue is that one of the mics has an echo effect, and so a sock of the mic would prevent that. And I was asking, how have you guys decided how long the podcast would be? I think we've been doing about an hour. Yeah, an hour and a half. Time. Last one, yeah, this yeah. one we finished in probably an hour and a half, and now we're just you know mucking around on the gram. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, I, if you have feedback, well, you know what's a good amount of time for you to listen to? Do you like yeah. an hour? I don't think we get enough done in half an hour. Correct. Especially with yeah. a big topic like this. Yeah, that's true. And we, we, we go on tangents, like you said. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. I mean, but they're relevant tangents. They're, oh, yeah, they're, all, they're all relevant, but that's the thing with topics that are so big, like we can go down any to- any like rabbit hole, really, and just yeah. keep going, keep talking about it. Well, that's it. the point of the podcast, right? It's yeah. to really go down those rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. The other thing is we want to have fun. You know, we don't yeah, want to just yeah. spew facts at you. We want to talk about it. We want to, you know, process things. 
we want to enjoy ourselves we hopefully you enjoy us as well and we want to be able mm-hmm. to come away from this with something yeah thumbs Medicine, up keep it short. I don't, I'm kind of been debating with keeping it short because if we think back to this podcast like right now you know we only have a certain number of takeaways the rest is kind of might even be lost in translation like it's all important information but a lot of it might even be yeah, that's good. That's, that's it. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah, I'm good. No, no, come in. Your head's missing. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Well, how short are you talking? Like half an hour? I think maybe half an hour to an hour, 45 minutes. I like an hour to an hour and a half. Yeah. I really think that there's three of us. That's the thing. You know, by the time mm-hmm. every one of us gets a point across. Yeah. Well, nice I mean, maybe like, we need to even have like, uh, like for big topics, maybe we can separate it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Like, Do um, part one, two, three. Exactly, yeah. That's cool. Um, and it doesn't have to be consecutive. Maybe it can be uh, part one, you know, we talk about microbiome in the brain, whatever, for example. We don't go to other things. Then part two, you know, we left off with this. Now we're going into this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, that way we can go, we can be like specific, but still detailed. Mm-hmm. I think... Julie says max one hour. Uh, Adel says 45 minutes perfect. Split the time to each one of you. I think it... Yeah, that's it's difficult just, to keep track. Yeah, it also just makes for a, a non-natural conversation. Well, we do want to ask our viewers while they're still there. We have a few things we need to double check. Yes, go mm-hmm. ahead. Oh, I was just saying number one. Mm-hmm. So we want to make this probably a weekly podcast. Um, for that, we need plenty topics. And so, what kind of topics would you guys be interested in hearing? Mm-hmm. Thanks, Julie. Um, what kind of topics would you guys be interested in hearing? And and honestly, it could be anything. <laughs> One to two hours. <laughs> why we get along so well. I agree with you, Rach. She um, likes long things. Some two topics we were <laughs> two, two topics uh, we were discussing earlier today. Um, you guys can let us know what you think. We're thinking of talking about um, uh, exercise and health. Drugs. That's one thing Drugs we talked we also about. Talked about. Yeah. Um, we're also talking about legalized weed. It's already legal. We're in Canada. We're in Saudi. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> legalized weed in Saudi. That's where we're going. <laughs> no, I think uh, one thing we also talked about was uh, personal religious experience. Well, yeah. just personal experiences. Period. If we could have, yeah. you know, if we make a podcast that is not just objective, but there's some subjectivity to it, we talk about our lived experiences and how that influence different opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have topics like our opinions on drugs, our opinions on, I don't want to get into politics, yeah. but, uh, you know, religion yeah, and <laughs> culture, consciousness, that would be a really cool one, I think. Yeah, cool. Because we have, we all have like different science, scientific backgrounds, but we don't want to- DM us. Yeah, DM us your topic oh, yeah, idea. Yeah. Well, you can post them here, but DM us your topic ideas for sure. I think we, we should sure. just put a post. Hey, do you have any topics commented? I now? tried that. The first thing I got was Yafis' says poop. <laughs> and that's how we got got microbiome. Are you or? No, <laughs> no, no, Taha. It's Taha. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh sorry. Vegan Shouts out to Taha. Yeah. Um, that was kind of our. That was our first one. Actually, one. Kind of. Yeah, we did. Um, Plant-based meats or meat alternatives. What, what is it? A full analysis on Yapis's night out. Honestly, that could oh, be. That would be really good. We should get a GoPro and record it. No, yeah. that's a terrible idea. And then we extract yeah. the data and apply it to Yaf's well-being and ulcerative <laughs> colitis. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's the other thing we wanted to talk about. So we'll, you know, please DM us your um, 
you know, your uh, topics that you would want us to talk about or something you're interested in. And the second thing was the name. Yeah, yeah. the name's a big one. So right now we're called The Podcast. The origin story to that being we were all on the potty when texting each other and coming up with this idea, mm-hmm. or at least when we all agreed to do it. Um, so potty is a play on word for potty. Um, and that's kind of where this week's episode came from, you know, pooping a pill, the gut microbiome. Mm-hmm. But that is not, we want to be more professional, I think, overall, mm-hmm. or at least we we want it to be more representative of what the podcast will be. More classy, more, classy, more representative. You yes. Know? Yeah. Um, so... We've had some ideas, maybe Wiki Freaks. Uh, what was the other one you were saying? I don't remember. Like general something. Yeah. Anyways, if you have ideas smart for guys. names. Smart boys with smart toys. <laughs> smart. The, the mini beards. Smart boys with mini beards. But like, what happens when you shave? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or we grow a big beard. So if you have ideas for names, please also DM us or... If, if you like the name that we have right now, let us know that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you're interested in giving us feedback and listening to this episode fully in MP3 form, send us a message and we could shoot over a file to you. Maybe we'll upload it to SoundCloud. Yeah, SoundCloud would be great. Oh, we could upload this on SoundCloud. I think yeah. that was a good idea. Um, yo, cash every yafas, K-E-Y, key. Key? The key. The key. The key. No, it's wow. the key. Yeah, the okay. We're key. officially changing the Instagram name. Okay. We're called the key. Jeez. No, it's probably that's taken already, I'm sure. Well, the what are the key to what? Key, key cast. The key, key cast. Key cast. Okay. Ah, I can dig it. KC. I can dig no it. No F. I'm getting the outro ready. Yeah. <laughs> are we Are we done? Is there anything, any other questions? Benefits of having a beard? You look much better. Not always, though. Uh, anyone else who's watching this live, if you have anything... Please speak now or forever hold your peace. Hit the, peace. hit the six at the top and let's see who's live. Let's just give mm-hmm. a shout out to That's all right. of them. So we have Rachel, Mario, Mario, Mario. Eclipse, Arden, and Judy. Arden. Our, yo, you guys are... Supporters, day supporters. one. Yeah, day, day one supporters here. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, we should give them a shout out when we become big and famous and get thousands of we viewers. Got we got the keys. Yeah. Yes. Keycast. Keycast. The key to knowledge. Oh, I like that actually. Okay, okay. Or Keycast, the key to your hearts. Well, you all were more. Well, we didn't know that. We already knew you were watching. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. We knew you were watching. We were talking to you, you know? We haven't seen Mario yet. Arden, we're going to post it on SoundCloud. You can hear it there. Gotta go. Thanks, Julie. Julie. See you later. Later, Chelsea. All right, right, I think we're going to go. Goodbye. Let's let's say bye to each one of you as independent. Each one of them. Oops, what I do? I'd be more excited with Mario than Rachel. Goodbye, Julie. Goodbye, Arden. Goodbye, Eclipsa. Goodbye, Adil. Goodbye, Mario. And goodbye, Rachel. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Can you end it? <laughs> Wasted. You're better now. You're better.